Just kiss your babies gently every night and do the best you can, yes, and do the best you can. Welcome to Under Others, where we interview the coolest people you've never heard of. I'm Stephen Woodfin, your host. We hope if you enjoy these interviews that you'll stop by untoothers.org and drop us a line. Good morning, everybody. We'd like to thank you all for listening to Unto Others. And today we have a story of love and war. And we have a couple here with us um, that are going to share some experiences about uh, the world of teaching and being in love and other things. So today we have Cindy and Leonard Reese with us. And y'all just introduce yourself for a minute. Uh, Cindy, go first. Tell us about yourself for a second. Um, I'm Cindy Jamison Reese. I was born and raised in Tatum, Texas, and um, met Leonard at Nacogdoches, and the rest is history. Nacogdoches is a word that a lot of people listening to this may never have heard. Where is Nacogdoches? Nacogdoches is in northeast Texas, maybe three hours north of Houston. And what were you doing in Nacogdoches that would cause you to meet Mr. Reese? I was in a Latin American history class in the early 1970s, and this guy happened to be there who was wearing military boots, and I just thought that was interesting. I could tell he was a year or two older than I. And she she looked, she is a beautiful woman, and she looked really good, and so I waited for her to turn in her test so I could figure out what her name was, but I got it messed up. I thought her name was Kathy, because she's, her, her handwriting is hard to read. And so I uh, said, hi, Kathy, and, and she was working at the Vista Inn, and she said, her name's not Kathy. And, and anyway, I asked her if she wanted to take a walk with me, because I didn't even own a car, and we took a walk, and uh, uh, we've been on this walk ever since then. Now, you, you said you were taking a class. Uh, what university were you attending? Stephen F. Austin State University is in Nacogdoches. And Leonard, were you going to Stephen F. too? Yes. That's all I was doing. I was going to school on the GI Bill, and uh, I didn't have a job. I just studied. I was a great student because I just I'd read all the books before we were supposed to uh, even start the class, and so I I didn't have anything else to do but be a student and it was really a cool time I, I actually did all the work that I was supposed to do in the classes and read all the books the whole way through which was which is kind of unique uh, for me at least uh, and uh, as, I, as Cindy said we, we met in this one uh, uh, Latin American history class and uh, I, it was the luckiest day of my life well so how long have you kids been married to each other we have been married for 44 years. We've been together for 45 years. Wow. It's been a while. That's a pretty good record. <laughs> well, we're old. Well, <laughs> after, you, after you left Stephen F., and I assume both of you graduated from Stephen F., is that right? Yes, we both got our, our bachelor's and our master's from, from Stephen F. In what fields? What did you study? My major was history and uh, special education, and uh, Spanish was another another uh, field that I 
that I uh, worked on, worked in. I got my master's in special education as a diagnostician. I hardly ever used that, however, uh, solely. I used it in classrooms all the time. But uh, I went to work at Wascom High School for two years, loved it, but it was uh, an hour's drive each way, and uh, I wanted to work in Tatum. So when a position opened up there, I, I went to Tatum. I taught a total of 30 years. Um, I loved it. And Mr. Reese, what did you study at Stephen F.? School bus driving. I was <laughs> <laughs> I was a school bus driver, and then I figured out that it was hard to live on the school bus driver's income, so I went ahead and got a degree in English and history, and then went on and got a ma my master's in guidance and counseling, and... Uh, uh, and and I continued to drive a school bus. Or I never had driven a school bus beforehand, but I ended up driving a school bus the whole time I was teaching school in Tatum, which was the only place I ever taught, and and uh, it was a really real neat experience too. But but that's that's kind of another story. All right. So with the the town Tatum has come up a couple of times, and also the town Wascom came up a little bit earlier. And once again, our listeners may not have any clue uh, about these places, but these are both small towns in East Texas. Is that right? Yes. Wascom is about an hour west of Shreveport, Louisiana, in northeast Texas. And Tatum is about two and a half hours east of Dallas and about four hours north of Houston. We live in the Piney Woods area of northeast Texas. Beautiful area. Rural area. Yeah, it's in the country. But but Cindy, uh, uh, that's where Cindy was born. So Cindy went back to the town of, of uh, uh, that she always, well, again, that that's where she was born. So she just lived there kind of all of her life, except the times she was off at college. And, and uh, I'll always, I've been there 45 years now. But I'm still, I will always be the guy who married Cindy Jamison. <laughs> there's, there's nothing, you know, I'm not really from Tatum, according to all the home people of, of, of Tatum. I'm just the guy who married Cindy Jamison. Now, Cindy, she's part of the real crew. Well, so, you're either born there or you're never part of the real thing, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, so both of you, both of you taught school at uh, Tatum for 30 years. Is that about right? 30 for me. Leonard was there for 36 years. Okay. And you have two children. We do. And tell us about those kids. Oh, our children. Uh, they're the apples of our eyes. Uh, our daughter lives in as an attorney in, in uh, San Francisco, California, and uh, she loves living out there. Uh, we are, however, ready for her to move back to Texas. Uh, our son lives in Austin, and he works on uh, com designing computer apps. Now, I think that for, I know a little bit about your story, uh, and I believe that both of these children went to a couple of podunk schools. If, if I remember <laughs> right now, they, they went to Tatum, uh, Tatum Independent School That's District. That's right, public school. And then when they left there, your daughter went to some school. It starts with an H. Uh, oh, yeah, Harvard. <laughs> And then, then was it UCLA Law School? She did, yes. And then uh, your son uh, went to this something called Vanderbilt, right? Yes, and correct. And then the Art Institute of Chicago. Yes. So these are some pretty high-performing children. You're going to make me tear up here. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty proud of them. Where Tatum is uh, is an economically disadvantaged area. 
and uh, they did they did right well. Did right well by themselves. <laughs> All right, and you have a grandchild. We do, Caius, and uh, he's awesome. He's two and a half years old, and uh, he's he is uh, such a joy. And this is your son's child. Yes. And your son is married to a Ting Ting, a woman from China. These two, this uh, relationship started in Japan. They were both working there and teaching there and met there and fell in love there. And their common language was only Japanese. So they have come back to, well, they were in, lived in Chicago and then New York. And now they're in the Austin area. And um, now their common language is, for the most part, English. But my son's learned Chinese and she's, uh, her English is wonderful and um, it's been a fun journey. And Ting Ding and, and, uh, Kai is learning both languages yes, as he's he growing up. They're, te- they're teaching, they speak the Chinese and the English around him. Yes, he's fluent in both. What a cool deal. So we're going to shift our conversation now. Uh, well, first, now, uh, Leonard Reese, before he met you, um, was a Marine rifleman who served in Vietnam. Is that right? That's Yes, I was uh, an O three eleven, and it means rifleman. So yeah, in sixty nine and seventy. So when when were you in Vietnam? Uh, what when, when, what not, what part of nineteen sixty nine did you go to Vietnam? About the middle of Vietnam, and then I came home about the same. You know, the, the middle of sixty nine. <laughs> the middle of Vietnam. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. The middle of sixty nine, and uh, returned about uh, uh, June of seventy. Well, so we're sitting here in uh, the, near the end of July in 2019, so 50 years ago you would have been in Vietnam, is that right? Right, right, 50 years ago. It's incredible to think about the, that length of time. It seems like just a blink of an eye, and, 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 and like as so many things do in life. Uh, but uh, uh, it's remained a big part of me because it was such a different time it was it was actually 13 months that we sent there that spent there that was the marines uh, in, uh, tour uh, length of time and and uh, and in that uh, space of time probably more happened to, that uh, made made me the man that I am today than than any other thing that's occurred other than my uh, relationship with my wife and the and, and my family the the part that's, I guess, the biggest part of me is my experience in Vietnam. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, I came to know you as a result of uh, a bookstore we operate in a small town called Kilgore, Texas. But uh, you showed me, you allowed me to see part of a manuscript that you had put together about your experience in Vietnam and the effects that, of what we, we call PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, that you've dealt with for many years. But I want to go first to Cindy. And Cindy, as I understand it, Leonard didn't really share much information with you about Vietnam for a long time. That's correct. I noticed those military boots he wore in the Latin American history class, but it uh, I quickly figured out that he really didn't want to discuss much about how he came to have those boots. And um, so we married in 1975, and it was at least 20 years before we began to discuss mm-hmm. his 
his uh, time in the military. Uh, I knew that he didn't want to discuss it, and I respected that, so I never asked him about it. Um, well, how did it come? What what was the the reason that <laughs> the ice broke? You'd, I guess I'd say once upon a time the phone rang, and in around it was around 1995, 1994, 1995. After we'd been married for about twenty years, and our son answered the phone, or he was I don't know maybe eight at the time, and uh, one of his former platoon members was on the uh, was calling him, and w- we found out from that point that many of his former platoon members were trying to locate him. They thought he had died. They couldn't, and computers had only, you know, computer usage had only started uh, for in, in the mainstream in the early 1990s, and uh, all that was pretty new, but there were people on computers trying to find him, couldn't find his name anywhere. They sort of decided maybe he had been a spy. That was, that was a joke. Not really, or maybe he had, <laughs> maybe he had passed away. But anyway, Bob Coley, Bobby Coley, finally mm-hmm. found him, and from that point on, it has, uh, it's been amazing the uh, ways he's reconnected with many of his platoon members. So, uh, Leonard, uh, as I have already mentioned, when we first met, which was about a uh, year and a half ago or so now. Uh, you had already put together a, a manuscript. I didn't realize it at the time because I first uh, saw just a few chapters here or there. But you had actually written a complete manuscript uh, by that time. How long did you work on what later became the book, uh, The Nom Within? I, I, really, I really don't... Uh, don't know exactly. I guess since the the moment I was there, I, I always had in the back of my mind that that this was such an alien place, such a such a place that was a place that was so much different than anything that had ever occurred to me before. That uh, I had to document it in some way, but but not there. I didn't I didn't keep notes. I when I came back, I made a point of not reading others accounts of Vietnam because I didn't want to be influenced by them and uh, but all along I was I was I was thinking about it and finally uh, uh, I'd have a chapter here or a chapter there but it, it just it would come and go like uh, like much writing does and uh, Cindy uh, Cindy had uh, uh, come down with uh, with uh, breast cancer mm-hmm. and uh, uh it gave us we were it we ca- it caused us to be in, in jail for almost a year i think uh we call it um what is it called when you're in home in when in jail at home house arrest house, house arrest. arrest we joke about joked about it being house arrest because the flu season was so bad when i had chemotherapy and radiation that he went back to that manuscript but there's a little bit before that he met you and you encouraged him steve oh that's that's to finish that up yeah that's right I, after i'd shown uh mr woodfin the uh uh the work just just share it with him he's he's really he's will blush if i say this but he's a really nice guy and he's always offering to help people and and uh i said would you somehow it got down do you want to read some of this and and he said he did and and, and he did read it he, he wasn't t- all talk at all he was he was action too and he read it and and he was uh he, he told me that he was moved by it and he he i had a friend of his named 
Caleb Perto, and and uh, he, he sent it off to him. And and Caleb's a wonderful person and knows a great deal about books. And and he was very encouraging too. And I just decided that since I had to be home. Well, I didn't have to be home with Cindy, but I mean, since since my choice was to be be with her the whole time, as much as I could, we, uh, uh, I, I, it just seemed the natural thing to do to try to start uh, pulling all these little pieces together and and uh, and and see if I had had something and, and with the again with the constant encouragement of, of of Stephen and some of my other friends, uh, it all of a sudden came came to be uh, and I shared so much advice from other people uh, that, that uh, uh, and again from Mr. Woodfin and and he helped a great deal on uh, he's, he's a published author himself and helped me a great deal with uh, all that uh, all the things that I needed to do and 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 so we published it and and, and uh, it, it feels really really good as uh, as a Vietnam vet as a combat veteran to be able to talk to other other combat veterans through through the book uh, and and, and it, it's it's been a wonderful experience for me it's been difficult to do but it's uh, but it's been a really good experience for not only me but but Cindy we, we've always been very close but but I think it maybe even well some it, it couldn't make us any closer <laughs> we're just close but but it, it brought us it brought uh, brought a knowledge of each other that was that was quite a bit. Her going through the cancer was a life threatening situation, and and my going through the the nom was a was a life threatening situation. They both seemed to be uh, make it the time to to do something. So I I went and did it. Well, and so everybody knows it's listening. Obviously, Cindy's here with us, and she's in recovery. And so tell us what the status on your treatment is. I am cancer free. So I'm I'm a happy I'm a happy person. Uh, yes, I had wonderful doctors and nurses and uh, they got me through it. I had surgery, I had chemo, I had radiation and you know, I'll, I I have physicals every so often and um, as of May uh, of last year of twenty eighteen, uh, there's no evidence that I that I have cancer. So I'm I'm a survivor. And wow. feel good about it, and feel very blessed. Wow, we all do. Thank you. Well, so, uh, so Leonard, the Nom Within is not a book that uh, uh, is about war stories per se. What uh, if you were going to tell somebody, give somebody the the quick down and dirty about what uh, the Nom Within? means and is to you what would you tell them <laughs> i i i would tell them that it's a uh, that it's a book about a grunt uh that's what we were called uh, uh about a, a rifleman in vietnam and his uh and and what i've attempted to do with the, this book is to not just to not tell war stories but i needed to use the, those stories but I, but as a as a vehicle to get not into hey this happened and this happened this happened but to get into inside the grunts and to, to inside of us and and say what what it felt like to be in those situations what it felt like to to have to be in combat and the things one has to do to stay alive and and the the thing one has to do to keep his his brothers alive because we became very very close and very very dependent upon each other um 
Well, after, as a result of the book, uh, and it's been fairly widely circulated at this point. I know y'all have worked real hard to get the word out and to uh, put it in the hands of a lot of people. But as a result of the book, what would you say, Leonard, has been the best thing about having your story out there for people to read? There, there have just been so many <laughs> good things about it that have occurred. I think I'm, I'm just going to draw upon one of, 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 of many, but I've gotten in touch with the, the Brown family and their, 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 their brother, their, well, Russell Brown was, was killed in Vietnam on the day before Christmas. And that was about seven days after his 21st birthday or 20th or 21st. And, uh, I never got it, was able to get in, in touch with the, the family or anything like that. But I finally finally uh, went to his cemetery on on Rosencrantz Cemetery in San Diego and and was able to sit down and talk with him uh, on our one to one on the way I feel about it. And uh, then my platoon commander uh, through the book uh, and through the goings about of, of my platoon sergeant. Uh, Matt Materno, uh, Rick Materno. Rick Materno. We we uh, uh, we we ended up uh, we ended up uh, getting our platoon commander, and our platoon commander was really busy at the time. That uh, that Brown was. <laughs> we we were under a lot of action, a lot of fire and stuff like that. And so much was going on for us to just keep alive that he never wrote the letter to, to the, uh, that I think all that the family got was a letter that just said, we regret to inform you. And I think it's also a practice that, well, the, the, the commanding officer of the unit writes the, the, uh, writes a letter home to the family telling what happened. Well, Mike never wrote that letter. Uh, and he's always felt just as really incredibly guilty about not writing the letter home to Brown's parents and explaining what happened. Well, the, the parents are gone, but it, he still has his two brothers and a, and a sister and, and and some grandchildren now. But what he did is he, uh, uh, my platoon commander wrote uh, the letter that, that said, uh, you know, dear family, I know this comes 50 years late. I should have written it 50 years ago, but I want to. I, I have an incredibly strong need to to write to you all now and 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 tell you the, the letter the letter that I should have written 50 years ago. And so Mike was able to get get that incredible load off of his chest to be able to write the letter to the to the Brown family about uh, uh, that he should have written 50 years. That, that I can't say. I don't mean should have. That that, that would have been written 50 years ago, but. But uh, and and he feels just I can tell when I talk to him about it, he feels this tremendous uh, joy about having been able to uh, talk to the talk to Russell Brown's uh, uh, brothers and sisters and 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 uh, nephews and nieces. Mike was injured the next day and he hospitalized. Would, and that was one thing yeah. that uh, that's right. You know, in time went on. Well, so I wanted to ask you, Cindy, well. So it's 20 years before, after y'all are married, before Leonard begins to talk to you or open up to you about Vietnam. But so how did you take it? What, what was, what has it been like to be in your shoes as you've learned about uh, what the effect Vietnam had on Leonard and how he's carried it around with him? 
the I would say as a whole, the experience has been really good for both of us. Uh, I think it's been helpful for Leonard to talk with other guys who went through something similar that what he went as you know to what he went through in Vietnam because there there aren't very many out there who saw the uh, who saw as much action as these guys did and and uh, so it's it's not we may run into people who also were in Vietnam but it's honestly very seldom that we run into anyone who had been in Vietnam who had seen that kind of action so it's been good for him for Leonard then that way for me I had never talked to another woman who was married to anyone who had been through anything remotely similar to what my husband had been through and it was a uh, it was overwhelmingly emotional for me the first time I met the wives of many of these platoon members. We went to the 1st Marine Division reunion in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, again, I believe it was right around the mid-90s. I'm thinking 1995. And, uh, and it has been so helpful for me to be able to actually talk to people um, whose spouses have been, who, uh, have been through similar situations. Uh, and we've become lifelong friends, many of us. So it sounds like you're saying that uh, since you and Leonard have, uh, I guess, partnered your way through this uh, process for, I guess, over 20 years now since he started opening up with you, that that has strengthened your relationship. I, I, yes, I mean, if if possible, we've we've I've always feel like we've had a very strong relationship. But yes, it's a it's a walk that we have taken together, a journey that we have always taken together, and will and just continue to take together. Um, you know, well, life, life is indeed a journey; it's not a destination. I've decided, and um, it's it's been really interesting. Well, that leads me to the next uh, the next question, and that is okay. So, Leonard wrote the book. And it has had a great effect on both of you, and you've seen it do wonderful things to other people that were touched by the war. So what's next? I mean, what lies ahead? I, I know that y'all are actually working on, uh, I know you just got back from a trip, for instance, and some other things, but tell me what phase, what, what, what stage are y'all in as you see it, and what, are you, what is the... Uh, if you could read the tea leaves, what would you see happening over the next short time? Uh, before I answer that question, I do want to make, I'd like to make one other comment about, about the book that the, the, the is called The Nom Within. Um, and another, that Len, was something that Leonard, I don't think, touched on, but his goal for that book was to uh, help others and their families who have been through PTSD. Uh, I think, and it sort of leads into the next phase. Leonard Leonard writes all the time, and I think that he he would like to publish another book. We're not exactly sure the direction uh, that he'll go in, but uh, uh, he's working on it. It's a work in progress. Well, a lot of it is that I'm 71 years old now. Cindy's quite a bit younger than than I am, but but. Uh, you get a little bit of feeling like how much more time do you have to have take care of business and and I really do feel it sounds corny but I feel a calling to to tell the guys that it's okay because that's all the, my book uh, uh, the non within was really about was to just say hey it's okay you're not alone to to all the guys out there who are who, who carry the war with us 
with us every day. I, you know, I think I said before, I'm not sure, but, it, you know, every, everybody who's been to war has, uh, has a part of that war that uh, is always a part of them. And uh, uh, I, want, I want to write something that can still talk to those guys and say, can I get, I want to get attention to you, uh, give more attention to you again, because uh, you need it. You, uh, the guys need the help. Uh, if you carry those the, those things around you and you feel like you're the only one that's doing that, it can eat you up. It 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 uh, it's it's like Cindy had said about her and the the girlfriends. She felt so much better after she'd met other wives who who felt the who felt the same way about or who understood their men the same way that Cindy was understanding me and that we were. We were aloof sometimes and and distanced, and yet it doesn't mean we 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 don't love other people around us. It just means there are sometimes where we where we go back there. Cindy has a has a name for the <laughs> for the for what Vietnam is to us, and I, that I won't use. But it it's like there's a, a third person who who sleeps with us each night, and that's that's not a third entity that sleeps with each with us just us each night and that's the uh and that's the, the nom and we look at her as being a a, a witch let's say and uh cindy cindy's not gonna cindy would tell you that she's not going to lose to the to her and it's not gonna it's, it's not gonna get me and uh, uh that's such an incredible reinforcement uh for me individually and i would like to pass that pass that reinforcement however I can on to other guys and 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 let them know hey we're we're okay we're we're maybe a, a little bit goofy sometimes but we're we're okay we're going to be fine uh and just stay with it also uh you're not just focused on trying to get your word out to uh Vietnam vets it's a, a lot of different people that are suffering from PTSD is that right Right. I, I wanted it to be the truth is to any there's all sorts of PTSD and it and many people have PTSD who, who weren't in the war who have it because of traumatic experiences as children with in a family situation or, or, or anything. There's many th ways to, to have it. But for those who were of us were who received it from from combat, uh, it, it's uh, it, it can be even be crippling. Uh, as to as to what we do, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just to add that so many of the Vietnam veterans were only deployed once. There weren't that many percentage wise oh, who were right. deployed more than once. But so many people from Desert Storm and Afghanistan and Iraq. So many of the men, and we have so many more women veterans now, are deployed two, three, four, five times, and, and that just multiplies the issues that they may have. Uh, plus, we're very concerned about the suicide rate uh, of of uh, of veterans, combat veterans in the United States. It's 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 just uh, it's quite a bit higher than the uh, whatever you call the the average the average rate of non combat uh, pe you know people who were not in combat. So, uh, if there's any way to let people know that you know life that they're they're PTSD may never go away, but hopefully, uh, you know, pe pe people can manage. 
Yeah, we don't want those guys to just figure out that their only their only hope is to check out, that there isn't any hope. And I I, I write to to try to get a message across that that says that uh, says that that's not true. You know that stuff's always going to be there with you. I can't see myself ever losing it, uh, but but it's also going to be something that that uh, you can handle. And the guy and the veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan and and uh, all the all the places we seem to get ourselves stuck, uh, they they uh, they they come back with the very same wounds that we came back with in, in, in psychological wounds that we came back with and I want to help those guys I, I just because I, I know how crappy they feel and and excuse me but 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 I, I know that the, I know also how good I can feel with with the love of my family and and with good friends and and I know that that, that they can help themselves if they'll just if they'll just recognize that part about not being alone and uh, uh, there's we we we're going to be. Uh, it's it's important to both Cindy and I that that we make a difference. Well, I started out by saying that this was going to be a story about love and war, and now we've we've seen uh, that it is a combination of those two. Uh, so the book is "The Nom Within" by Leonard Reese. It is available for sale on Amazon as a paperback as an e-book, and also as an audio book. Is that correct? Yes, on Audible. On Audible. And uh, this is just kind of in the, in the category of housekeeping, but tell me how, how you went about getting the Audible, bo- Audible book published. Leonard and I divided up the duties just a little bit. The, <laughs> he's the writer, and uh, I, I uh, offered to attempt to do the publishing, help with the publishing part. By the way, Stephen Woodfin was a great uh, advisor as far as how to get started on setting up a business and all. But um, after we had the ebook published and the paperback published, I had people contact me who would say things like, I don't read very much. Is it on audio? Or my grandfather, who was in World War II, is 97 years old. And is it on, can we get an audio book? And uh, so um, I began to ask around and try to figure out how to, how to make that work. And Audible is owned by Amazon. I went through, that's correct, yes? ACX, right? ACX, yes. So I started looking around there and trying to figure out what the process was and, and asking uh, others who had already done it, uh, like Mr. Woodfin. And, um, and we put out a call for uh, people to produce the book. And we kind of like an acting kind of thing. And we had, uh, there were people who sent in uh, their auditions their auditions thank you and we we went with one guy who for the life of us would not finish and so uh we went with a second guy who did finish and we're uh nicholas dunker is his name from um north carolina and we were very happy with that so have you received any reports from folks that are listening to it now audible uh, on audible just a couple and uh i mean I, I don't really have a good way of knowing who they are but we have had a couple people that i've talked to that that like it cool so all right so uh leonard do, are you actually working on another book now 
Well, yes, I <laughs> this, this is Cindy. I am working on another book right now. Oh, good. Okay, no, no. I mean, I, the way I, I I write is is so much of just thinking, 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 thinking. What of what would sound good? I had I had an idea this morning, and and uh, and once I'm started, and I and I am started. Uh, at least the first the the other book, the Non Within pretty much wrote itself it, it, it pretty much uh after all this thinking one you know one day i'll go oh that's how i want to do this chapter and that's how i want to tell the tell this story this story and the way that i can work in something that will will reinforce my overall goal because i didn't want to just have i'm not a hero and i didn't want want to just have 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 uh the war stories to 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 tell i, I, want, I wanted to 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 make it uh so that that when these things come to me that say hey maybe somebody could relate to this and it'll help them uh, see themselves in a little bit different light uh, that's a little check I put I've got about fifty different little notebooks around that <laughs> that have have all sorts of notes here and there when I when when I think about what I want to say but it it's it's this one's now starting to kind of write itself too and and then when it gets does that i just it's it's kind of exciting because i'm just i feel like i'm a viewer i i sit down and start writing and it just writes it it it, it writes itself based upon all this time i've been thinking about it so it, they are they they are married together uh it just doesn't seem like i'm doing anything <laughs> but i really am i know the audience can't see cindy as i can but she seemed to have some surprise when he announced that he was indeed working on another book. But uh, go ahead. He does think about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's wrap it up. Uh, it's been great to visit with both of you, and we want to thank you for being our guest on Unto Others today. And uh, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Thank it's you for fun. having us. You're certainly welcome. Just kiss your babies gently, have a night, and do the best you can, yeah, and do the best you can.